0: ELC Radio. Propel is the passion, purpose. And potential of every woman. And I think it's going to blow your mind as we together get ready to checkmate the devil because you and I are personally responsible for the evangelization of planet Earth. Propel is every woman who desires to make an impact in her world for God's kingdom. And she is untamable as she goes to plunder the kingdom of darkness with the light and the life and the mercy and the justice and the truth and the grace and the salvation of our almighty God, the Propel woman is every woman join us the last friday of every month at 7 p.m 2830 g street in the heart of midtown sacramento as we continue christine kane's empowering and uplifting propel series led by elevate life's very own pastor tina lamone love god lift others Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamon. We've been in a series called Interrupting the Pattern, and this is taken from uh, uh, something that's uh, it's a technique that is used uh, by behavioral psychology and neuro-linguistic programming. It's a technique to interrupt the change and thought patterns and behaviors. So it's something that advertisers use. It's called uh, Pattern Interrupt, and we've transfer that to mean uh, interrupting the pattern, because there's a pattern in today's world. Second Timothy chapter three, one through seven in the passion translation. You can read it on the screen. It says it like this as uh, Paul is warning Timothy about the last days, the days we live in. He says, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will be extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves obsessed with money. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know we live in these days? They will boast of great things as they post on Instagram. Oh, sorry. Sorry. As they strut around in their arrogant pride, mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. We're in a generation like never before of fatherlessness. We're in a generation like never before where kids are raising themselves. Uh, It says here they will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful, malicious slander. It's what we call the news today. Uh, Slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. Slaves to their desires. You know what that speaks of? It speaks of addictions. It speaks of we're in an epidemic of drug abuse that the world has never seen because people can't harness their desires. Did you know there are more sexually transmitted diseases than any other time in history? You want to know why? Because people can't control their desires. This is the day that we live in, folks. And we were just in a nation that has been uh, plagued by AIDS and HIV. And, And we've got to understand the time that we're in. We cannot be slaves to our desires. And so it also says here with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. Be bigoted. Come on, that means racist. That means have these, these, these ideas that pe- some people are better than others. How many know there's no whites aren't better than blacks? How many know blacks aren't better than whites? How many of y'all know this? Mexicans aren't better than everybody else. <laughs> Only this area right here said amen. Some of y'all, you got that rasa thing on the inside of you. Let's be careful with rasa. You know what rasa means? The race. That's racism, y'all. I know you was born on that. I know your Theo has that tattooed on his back, but we are not the race. Can I get an amen on that? I know. I feel a brick spirit coming at me in the back. Racism's of the devil, and your race ain't the best race. Amen? There's only one thing that trumps it all, and that is citizens of the kingdom. Before I'm American, I'm a Christian. Before I'm Mexican, I'm a Christian. I hope you can say the same thing. Because in our depravity, we like to elevate what it is we are. And we like to make what we are better than everybody else. And people, that's the problem with the world. We get mad when white people do it. But then we'll walk around talking about la raza. It's the same thing, y'all. Amen? Tell your neighbor it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so we live in a world that is elevating these types of thinking. Let me, keep, let me continue. It says they will find their delight, listen to this part now, in the pleasures of the world more than the pleasures of the loving God. Two things here. Number one, the world is pleasures. Can I get an amen on that? Don't act like you ain't ever tasted the world's pleasures. Some of you tasted them too much. <laughs> the world is pleasures. But here's the other thing. So does God. And we've got to learn to change our appetite, to enjoy the pleasures of God more than we love the pleasures of the world. For some of us, we're addicted to the pleasures of the world. You're more at home amongst worldly folks than you are people in the house of God. And you want to blame the church. Well, that's because church has hypocrites. Fool, they are hypocrites at the bar too. Come on, there are hypocrites at the Niner game too. Okay, the Raider game, too. The Raider game got some, too. There's hypocrites all over the place. Why do we just get the rap? It's an excuse. But we've got to understand that uh, we've got to love the pleasures of God more than the pleasures of the world. Then it says this. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they don't want nothing to do with God's power. And here's what he says to that. Stay away from these fools. That's the South Side translation right there. <laughs> Stay away from people like these, for they are the ones who, are, who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women. Vulnerable women, be careful. Amen? Amen? Spending the night with those who are captured by their lusts and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of the truth. Folks, this is the time we live in. But God wants to interrupt the pattern. And the way he does that is he calls us to come out of that stuff. And we've been talking about that. He he tells us to come out from among them. We've got to embrace our new identity. We've got to interrupt this pattern. And as I said, that that, that phrase, what it means is it's what people use to interrupt or get the attention of others. They uh, interject a pattern interrupt well, we are God's pattern interrupt. Everybody at your office thinks, works, acts a certain way. But then here you come, having been transformed by the renewing of your mind because you go to Elevate Life Church and for an hour and a half every week, you hear some teaching that causes you to have to change what happens? So then as your boss comes into the office, he sees same, same, trifling, this person ratchet. He sees these patterns all the way, but then he sees you come on somebody. And you're different. Yeah, you're different. You're different. Yeah, you're different. And there's something about you. And he's just like, this person doesn't fit the pattern. You're God's pattern interrupt. But see, the problem is when we got folks that don't want to be pattern interrupts and we want to be just like everybody else, we come into rebellion against the plan of God. It's rebellion against the plan of God. So, so, So God's asking you and I to get involved in the family business. What is on the heart of God the Father? Winning souls and making disciples. So what does those two things have to do? Winning souls is because God wants his kids back. And he sent his son into the world to die to make a way for you and I to get to heaven to spend eternity with our father. So what God wants is people to meet Jesus so he can have his sons and daughters back. The second part of making disciples is he wants to give his sons and daughters a good life on the earth because that's what a dad wants to do. Can I get an amen from parents in here? So discipleship is about getting heaven into the minds of God's children to live and act and do a certain way so that they can have the blessings of heaven on earth. Are you guys tracking with me? That's what's on the heart of God the Father. So when you say, I'm I'm a a Christian and I'm about my father's business, you got to be about those two things. You got to be about those two things. Amen? Amen because that's what's on the heart of the father. If you walk with Jesus, you got to do the works of Jesus. And that's what Jesus is about. The only thing he's building in the earth is his church. That's it. He's not building businesses. He's not building schools. He's building the church. Now, if your business or your school is building the church, he's all in it. Browns are evidence of that. I was hearing their testimony and I just sat back and thought, wow, they have received from the church. But y'all don't know this church has received from their blessing and many of your blessings as you give your tithe, as you give your offering. Some of you guys, the state has done us good. Can I get an amen? Because as they pay you and you sow into these things, listen, folks, you're building the kingdom. You're doing the works of Jesus Christ. But the person that just comes to church with an attitude, you don't serve, you don't give, and you want to act like you're doing God a favor just because you came to his house? Man, you got, you, you, you got to get it twisted because you, God's not getting anything out of you being here. You're get, you should be getting something out of being here. Amen? And so we've got to submit to be God's pattern interrupt. So in order to do that, you and I got to come out from among them. We got to change our behavior. Now, here's the thing. It's not about behavioral change because some people just focus on changing the behavior. It's about a heart change. And we talked about that during the offering. If you just get a new heart, your behavior will change without you even trying. Without you even trying. Amen. But some of you, you just focus on the outward so much. Quit focusing on that and give God your heart start give God your heart, you'll start talking different. The F words will leave. Come on, somebody. You still can't quit cussing? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you serious right now? You've been serving God 10 years and you can't quit saying F words? You know what the Bible says? Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Every time you let dirt fly out of your mouth, guess where it's coming from? Your heart. So get a good heart. Guess what changes? Your words. Instead of saying F that, you might start saying, golly gee Whitakers, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> and somebody might say, well, it's just words. It's just words. Listen, the world was built by words. Words of power. Tell your neighbor he's talking to me. But see, it, it, you got to see the big picture of things. OK. And And, and, and so, you know. You got to learn to be God's pattern interrupt. Look at Acts chapter 13, 47. It says this, and this will fulfill, fulfill what the Lord has commanded us. I have destined you to become a beacon light for the nations. Does it just say South Sacramento? Does it just say Midtown? Does it just say for your family? No, it says you are a beacon for the nations. Tell your neighbor, I'm a beacon for the nations. Tell him, eh? Hey, come on. All right. It says this. You're a beacon light for the nations and release salvation to the ends of the earth. So guess what? You are God's vehicle for salvation. Everywhere you go, God's desire is to use you to change somebody else's life. It's his desire. So Esco and I are on a plane. We're stuck in Istanbul. But guess what? We got salvation on the inside of us. So we sit across from this couple from the Netherlands and they start talking to us. And he said he asked the money question. He says, well, what do you do for a living? I said, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I'm a pastor. Oh, is that right? And that's always when you get the sideway look. See, you, you in here might think that's a good occupation to have. But on my side, from my side looking out, when I tell somebody I'm a pastor, I either get one of two reactions. If they're a believer, they come across with some honor. If they're not a believer, they look at me sideways like, I'm, like I own a private jet and I'm ripping off widows for their money. Come on, somebody. That's it. That's the only two looks I get. One's either, oh, praise God, you're a pastor, or the other one's, oh, you're a crook, you're a charlatan. That's it. And so, guess what they gave me? It was kind of a weird combination of both. Because one guy was hurting, and he saw this as an opportunity to maybe get some free help. And, the, and his partner was kind of like not sure about a lot of stuff, you know. And so we start talking, and boom, we have salvation on the inside of us. Now, here's the million-dollar question. Well, did you pray uh, uh, to, for them to receive Jesus? No, we didn't. And the reason we didn't is because it's not just about having them pray a prayer and then walking away. It's about sowing seed that's going to last. So we had conversation upon conversation. And don't get me wrong, if it would have presented itself, we would have went right in there and prayed the prayer with them. But it didn't. And I was okay with that because I know that the words and the experience that we gave them rocked them. To when we left, y'all, I mean, they were doing everything. They were almost throwing money at us. Seriously. This guy's like, you come back, you'll stay in my mansion here, you stay with us, da-da-da. And we prayed over them. They hugged us. I mean, we don't even know these guys. It was one of them hugs that kind of scared me a little bit. You ever been hugged so hard by someone, that scares you a little bit? Like, I, I like you, but the way you're hugging me right now. Because he was so grateful for the prayers that we gave him. And see, people, you have that on the inside of you at the job you go to, at the state, at Keller Williams, at wherever it is that you're working at. You have it in you. Some You have somebody's ticket for salvation. And this is why the enemy just wants you to just, you know, we, we can never be a church that just glazes, makes you a glazed-over Christian. That's why when I preach and I teach you guys, I'm trying to provoke you, because I could get up here and just tell you some nice platitudes and oh, be a good person, love animals, and be nice, and put the cart away at the grocery store, don't leave it in the. You laugh, but I've heard messages like that, yo. But just, you know, be no, I want to provoke you to action, but provoke you to live in this thing. Right. Because if you don't give out what's on the inside of you, somebody ain't getting into heaven. And if you don't think that's important, think of it like this. Those are God's kids. Think about if you lost your kid and what you would do to get him back. That's how God is looking at the lost. And, and the Bible is very clear. Acts chapter 13, 47. He's called us to be the beacon to reach his kids into the ends of the earth. So we got to take this serious. So we got to take our place. We got to embrace our new identity in Jesus Christ. We got to stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. It says this in, uh, in Romans chapter 2, verse 2. It says, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. But see, we've got to be inwardly transformed. God is trying to change who you are. As, as Eddie was saying earlier, he's been with me now for a number of years, and that's not the same dude that I met a number of years ago. Why? Because the word of God has transformed him. Many of you are not the same person you were when you started coming to this church. Why? Because the word of God has transformed you. Amen? Yes. That's what the word is going to do. So we got to be transformed and reform how we think. So this whole reason you come to church is because we're trying to get new thoughts downloaded into your brain, into your spirit, so that you can think different, be different, and, and do different things and have different fruit, the kind of fruit that God wants you to have. But the first part of Romans 12 2 says, Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you. And guys, as I said this a couple of weeks ago, this is why Jesus chose the church to be the vehicle to transform culture. This is why Jesus called the 12 disciples 12 apostles. The word apostle is a military term that when a nation was conquered, the emperor or the king would then send forth an apostle to tell the conquered land, I know you used to be America, but now you're Rome and these are the laws of Rome. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so that's what an apostle would do. He would go into a territory and tell them the new rules of the kingdom, the new ways of the kingdom. And so Jesus didn't send forth 12 pastors, 12 prophets. He said, these are my 12 apostles, because the main job of them is to reprogram people to the ways the kingdom works. Amen. This is part of what makes our church a little bit different because we have an apostolic anointing because we're not just trying to get people saved. We're trying to get people to think like heaven thinks, because if you think like heaven thinks, you can get heaven to come down into your earth. Isn't that what we prayed in the Catholic Church all those years? Thy kingdom come. Come on, somebody. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That just don't happen. You got to get the thoughts of heaven on the inside of you. Where do the thoughts of heaven come from? They come from this book. Crack it and have a look. Amen? Let me finish up. I ate up a lot of my time already. So be transformed and reform how we think. Embrace your new identity, your new way of doing things. This is why when Jesus went around, he preached the kingdom. God's ways of doing things. That's the whole message Jesus carried was the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. What was he trying to do? He was trying to create a pattern interrupt in the earth. All the kingdoms of of the earth work like this, but then you get to God's kingdom. It's different. All the kingdoms of the earth say, if you want, keep. If you want more, save. You come into the kingdom of God, you want more, give. That don't make no kind of sense. That's not how everything else, that's not how it worked on the streets. That's not how anything. No, in the kingdom, the way up many times is down. Right? If you want something, give it away. I don't make no kind of sense, but that's how the kingdom works. So we've got to learn these new ways of doing things so that we can be God's pattern interrupt. And we've been focusing strongly on the principle of honor being one of the missing elements that's going to make you stand out and be different on your job, in your family, in your career, and in your church. Because we live in a world where nobody honors anybody. Can I get an amen on that? This is such a disrespectful society. It is crazy. Men don't honor women no more. They don't honor women no more. You know, they get on trains. Women are standing. And dudes are like, so I got here first. Did you know that, didn't, that not, didn't, wasn't always the case? There was a time in America where if a, a woman was standing, a man would get up and give her her seat, give him his seat. Come on, somebody. Amen. That don't happen no more. You know, we, we, nowadays, you know, men will whistle obscenities at a woman. You know, used to be you had to have a pickup line. Now it's just like, hey, blue shirt. What's up, girl? If you answer to that, you're dumb. You're just dumb. (laughs) You know, look at culture. It used to be, you know, if you were in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, you heard a love song on the radio. And it it was, it was, it wasn't, it was, it was some poetry involved. You know, it was some uh, good vibes, good you know things we're saying. I'm not just talking as an old man here, talking about oh the old stuff was better. But seriously, if you do your own cultural research and you look at how where love songs have come to now, it's different. It's different. You know, you, you would hear songs where they were praising the beauty of a woman and, and, and singing about the, the, the incredible magic of love and now it comes into, you know, girl I want to smash. <laughs> Somebody going, oh, I heard that song, Pastor. I heard that song. That's pretty good. That's that's the jam though, that's the jam. I mean, it's this it's what a lot of it's like. And all that really points to, guys, is this breakdown of honor. We don't honor nobody anymore. It's not just in relationships. We don't honor teachers anymore. We don't honor teachers anymore. It used to be teachers were respected. Now teachers are disrespected. You know, you can go online and, and, and there'll be videos of teachers getting beat up by students. And some of you might go, well, that's because they're, do, they're disrespecting students. True. There's no honor either way. We live in a society right now that, that doesn't honor authority. We, we literally are living in a society where nobody wants to be told what to do. And guys, can I just tell you, that creates chaos. You have to learn that or part of being, having order is somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to be in charge. Go anywhere and take away anybody being in charge and they'll just be chaos. But right now, that's what society wants. And you know why society wants that? Because they don't know who they are. Listen, authority is a good thing. It's a gift from heaven. I should have got way more amens than that. But that proves my point. Because nobody wants to be told what to do. And being told what to do is not a bad thing. It's a gift from heaven. It's a gift. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you that were raised with a mom and a dad that had some rules. That's what kept you out of jail. But some of you that didn't have that, maybe just because, like Esco was saying, mom was working all the time. It wasn't that she couldn't do it. She wasn't around. Some of us had parents that both of them worked jobs. And so you were just raised on the street, running around. No, nobody telling you nothing. Listen, that's going to be a problem. The greatest gift you have are people that give you boundaries. Yes. Amen? Amen. We, we need that. But if you listen to society, they don't desire that. So beware of the knuckleheads that are always talking bad about people in authority. Run from them. Don't get involved in them water cooler talks. When they're gathering around, our boss is so, I can't stand him. He's in a bad bad." Leave that conversation. Because you know what it always breeds? It breeds demonic activity. When there's talk like that about authority, you'll always find the devil. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in the presence of the devil. I don't like the devil. He don't like me. So the last thing I'm going to do is get involved in something that he's in. So we have to discipline ourselves to remove ourselves from anything that brings dishonor to people. And we talked about this a few weeks ago with Matthew chapter 935, where it said that the only thing that kept Jesus from working was he came to his hometown and they dishonored him. And it said in that place he could do no mighty work where a chapter before he healed everybody, everybody got healed. But the minute he got to a place where people were giving dishonor, he could do no mighty work. But here's the problem. We say, what does that have to do with me? The problem is if you have a home where you do not teach your kids to honor their father, Jesus can do no mighty work there. If you have a home where you are not teaching your kids to honor their mom, Jesus cannot do no mighty work there. If you got a home and you don't honor your spouse, you call him meathead, bonehead. You're so stupid. I can't stand you. Don't know why I married you. Jesus can do no mighty work there. Go home for Christmas and get around the table where all the theas are talking bad about their husbands. And Jesus can do no mighty work there. Are you guys seeing the pattern? It gets worse because there are whole churches full of hermanas that like to gossip. And they like to dishonor the pastor. They like to dishonor the other ladies in the church that are not part of the group. And guess what? Jesus can do no mighty work in that church. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? So some of us, if we're completely honest, we're raised in families that were just dishonorable. You know, just every time you get together, y'all just talked about folk. Come on, somebody, amen. Everybody had a joke for somebody else, right? Everybody had nicknames for your theos. Come on, I had some of them. I had some of them talks myself, come on. You know, everybody in in your neighborhood had a nickname and it wasn't a kind one. You know, God forbid they had a physical ailment. And it was just done, dude. We had a kid in our in our in our uh, neighborhood. Uh, he he had these things on the side of his head, and I know his head was just shaped weird. And we called him Corn because he had corns on the side of his head. Went all the way through school. Homeboy's name was Corn. I repent, Lord, I repent. But so, how many know? Some of us—that's how cultures are, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? A lot of that's dishonor. Yeah. It's funny, but it's dishonor. Yeah. And we've got to be careful for that kind of stuff. Because if we're going to be the pattern interrupt on your job, in your family, if you want Jesus to come and move in your life, you've got to develop a culture of honor within yourself. You've got to change this about, we've got to change this about our lives. Because until Jesus came up against a people that were so familiar with him, they didn't honor him. He was doing amazing things. Dishonor is one of the only things that can keep Jesus' power from moving. That's why the Bible, we talked about this before, just kind of a, a review here. The Ten Commandments, four deal with honoring God, six deal with honoring men. Honoring authority, the Bible says, prolongs your life and makes the blessing of God dwell with you, dwell in you. Okay? Uh, Showing honor unlocks treasure in others and in God. So these are all things that we've got to learn, but we've got to. The only way you're going to be able to do this is if you break away from the culture. Because we live in a culture right now, the more dishonorable you are, the more we promote you. We got people on TV being dishonorable, so we give them a TV show. That's what, you know, the the more crazier they are, the more loved they are by the culture. We literally live in a time that calls good, bad and bad good. Right. I mean, it's the reality show thing, all that kind of stuff. We laugh about how uh, disrespectful things are and music is and culture is. And and we've got to be careful for that. Why do you think this is happening in America today? Because Satan knows, if I can put dishonor in people, Jesus can do no mighty work there. Guys, dishonor is a cancer. Dishonor is responsible for more divorces and broken families than anything else. We've got to interrupt the pattern. We've got to allow God's word to penetrate us. We've got to get to a place, people, where we love everybody and we honor everybody. We've got to lay the ax to the root of some of the behaviors that everybody's doing. How many remember those days where your parents would say, I don't want you doing that, and your response would be, well, everybody does it. Listen, that no longer floats. I don't want the fruit that everybody has. I want the fruit of heaven. Everybody at your job may be disrespectful to the boss. Everybody at your uh, place of work may be gossips on the job, but you be Jesus's pattern interrupt. The old church you went to, they may have talked bad about everybody in that church. Don't you bring that mess up in here and mess up our miracles because we need miracles. And don't let me catch you. Don't let me catch you because I'll tell you, uh, there's another church down the road that would love to have you there because we don't want that here. And anybody in your departments, don't you be complaining about your head usher or your head children's worker or something. Man, have courage. Talk to somebody you got an issue with, don't talk about the person you got an issue with. That's called maturity. You don't like something, have a conversation. Don't go telling your friends. We had a word for that back in the day. That's called a punk move. That's a punk move. You got a problem with me? You come to me. Don't go to her or him. I don't know why. I don't know who Pastor thinks he is. Somebody comes to you like that. You should say this. Go talk to him. But don't bring that to me. Come on, is this too real for you today. Listen, as I close today, I need to tell you this. We've got to embrace the heart of God to honor others. We've got to be careful of what we're letting into our heart because what's inside of you will come out. People are imperfect. People are going to make mistakes. Next week, I'm going to finish this series up talking about how to receive from imperfect vessels. This is going to change your life. You want to know why? Because we've got people that are praying that God changes their life And God's been trying to change your life. But you keep looking at the vessel he's using and you keep pushing away God's blessing. Think about anything you're praying for right now, whatever it is, whatever your prayer request is. What you don't realize is the answer to everything you're praying for is in somebody that is imperfect, that you may not like. Once you realize that and once you start developing a a mindset of honor, your world's going to change. Because some of you are praying for stuff and God sends it and you push it away because I don't like that dude. I don't like him. I don't like her, who she thinks she is. Some of you have been praying for an answer to prayer and God sends somebody over to you and you just push them away. Because you can't honor imperfect vessels. But here's what's so dumb about that. You won't honor imperfect vessels, but you're one yourself. That's dumb. You want everybody else to be perfect, but you ain't perfect. You say things like, well, I just can't receive from them. Really? Really? You can't receive from them. But if reality was told, you're twice as jacked up as they are. You just hide it better. Hey, everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.